Last year at the trade deadline, the Wild made a deal with Chicago for Marc-Andre Fleury. Could they do the same this year with Patrick Kane? We discussed the fit for Patrick Kane for the Wild today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Lockdown Wild at all of your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we discuss the pros and cons of a potential Patrick Kane trade and if it even makes sense for the Wild to go that route with a division rival. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So Patrick Kane has been the subject of several numerous trade rumors throughout the course of the season. He has been linked to the Minnesota Wild as well. And so we ask ourselves, as the trade deadline gets closer, and as the Wild, as of right now, find themselves three points out of first place and three points out of the playoffs entirely. Does it make sense for the Wild to add a player of Patrick Kane's caliber? Well, let's first look at Patrick Kane, the player, how he's doing this year, what he can bring to the Minnesota Wilds if that is the route that the Wild look to go. Kane has 16 goals so far this year, 29 assists, so 45 points in 54 games. He has 14 even-strength goals, two on the power play. He's also got um, 16 assists on the power play as well. So those are the things that I like in that uh, he is obviously still able to score, but The peripheral numbers, I've got to be honest, the peripheral numbers for Patrick Kane this year are not great. They're just down across the board. His shooting percentage this season, 8.8%, which is his second worst season ever. His worst season being 7.9%, which occurred in 2020-2021. And so you are seeing a trend of now three straight seasons in which he has shot under 10% after spending the majority of his career before these three years at 9.5% or above. So the shooting percentage is down. His other peripheral numbers, his Corsi 4 percentage is... uh, 48.9%. Now, some of this we do need to acknowledge. Some of this is looking bad due to the team that he is playing for. Chicago is not great, 
And so some of these peripheral numbers, for instance, core Z4 percentage, 48.9%. And again, core Z4 percentage, for those curious, is just the percentage of time that you have the puck when a particular player is on the ice. And so in Patrick Kane's case, under 50%, which is not where you want it to be. It's a career low for him. But again, Chicago, not great. And you look at some of the other numbers as well um, in just his goals per game, points per game, assists per game. They are all significantly lower this year than they've been in the past. You'd expect that there would be a dip for a guy who's 34 years old. So it's not out of the ordinary, but again, I think we are also seeing some impact of having played on a Chicago team that has just absolutely done nothing from a winning standpoint over the last few years. What do the Minnesota Wild need in a player to help out this offense? Do they need a number one guy that can come in and take over games? No, they have that already in Kirill Kaprizov. And we have seen since Ryan Hartman went back to the top line, we've seen him start to produce much better by limiting his penalties, but also shooting the puck in tandem with Kirill Kaprizov and with Matt Zuccarello as well. So you're seeing a top line that is showing signs of producing here over the last nine or ten games. Beyond that, it really has been kind of a guessing game as to who is going to give you production on a night-in, night-out basis. And there are no shortage of guys on this current roster that are in the midst of what you can only describe as a goal slump. Uh, The numbers of players such as Matt Boldy, who is currently riding an 11-game goalless streak. There are players up and down the lineup that have those types of um, those types of runs with lack of scoring, um, including Matt Boldy, 0 for his last 11 games. Connor Dewar, no goals in his last 26. Brandon Duhame, two goals in his last 20 games. Marcus Foligno, one goal in his last 31 games. Freddie Goudreau, no goals in his last 16 games. Jordan Greenway, one in his last 33. Ryan Reeves, none in his last 50. Mason Shaw, none in his last 21. Sam Steele, none in his last 12. Matt Zuccarello, two in his last 16. And you're not asking several of those guys to be scorers, but there are a lot of guys on that list that you are looking for something from that have not been able to provide it. Now, Brandon Duhame with a few goals, uh, three goals, I think, in the last five games himself. So he's starting to pick it up. But again, Felino, Jewel Eriksson-Eck now, Matt Zuccarello, Matt Boldy, those are the guys you expect to score, and they're not doing it 
at this current moment. You add a player in who would slot in as a second liner in Patrick Kane, and I wonder if we see a similar effect to what we've seen with Adam Beckman on that line, Sammy Walker on that line, Brandon Duhame on that line, with Matt Boldy and Jewel Erickson You would think you'd see teams have to really respect every component of that line to um, assume that they have the ability to score. And we need to also take note of the fact that, yes, Patrick Kane does have 16 goals on the season. Seven of those have come in the last five games. So even though he has gotten up to 16 goals before this five-game run, he had nine goals in 49 games. So that part not great. But, again, I think by having somebody else who shows the capability to step up and take a game over now and again, I think that is something that this offense is starved for beyond Kirill Kaprizov. So we will just, we're going to continue to work through the pros, the cons of this potential move throughout the episode. And so we're not drawing any conclusions yet. We're just trying to present all the evidence and just kind of lay it all out there. And then at the end of the show today, we'll draw conclusions based on what we found. And so just to kind of summarize offensively, what we know about Patrick Kane is he is not having, he's not the Patrick Kane he used to be. But as we've seen over the last five games, still capable of stepping up on a bad Chicago team and taking a game over. And so you potentially add that in with Kirill Kaprizov, and now all of a sudden you have a couple of lines that you have to really take note of and have to game plan against. So offensively, there is a little bit of signs of life recently, but um, by and large the production is just not at the same level that uh, Patrick Kane has been in the past. So that is the one side of the coin is what are you getting? What do the Wild need as well? Which at this point, you basically just need a player that can help you create a second scoring line that people are going to have to really pay attention to. So those are the key components to keep in mind when you look at uh, what you are taking in as a player, there's another side to it. What are you giving up? And so we'll take a look at what it would potentially cost. Salary cap, all those things. We'll take a look at what it would take if we were to go down this road with Patrick Kane as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to try Built Bar. 
What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, you heard me right. 100% real chocolate. And they come in some unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I don't really know how Built Bar does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining some amazing macros. And what's even better is they are 100% healthy. They contain just 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait to get your hands on Built Bar. It used to be you'd have to go to Built.com, fill out your order, and wait for it to get to your front door. Now you can head to your local Sam's Club or Walmart and pick up a box of Built Bars yourself. If you don't have one handy, though, no worries. You can still head to Built.com and get your hands on some delicious Built Bars today. Whatever you do, don't wait to get your Built Bar fun started and grab some Built Bars today. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Lockdown NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL, all available on your favorite podcast platforms, absolutely free of charge. So what would it cost to get Patrick Kane to Minnesota if the Wild were going to go that route? They've been linked to Patrick Kane. We also should note that it sounds as though steam with the New York Rangers is picking up. So it may not even it may not even matter. You could be interested but the Rangers may just elect to uh, to go the route of getting it done and really going all in uh, for their chances to get to the Cup this year. Uh, Patrick Kane's cap hit this season, his salary, I should say, for the whole year, $10.5 million. He does have a no-movement clause as well, and so in order for him to go anywhere, he's going to have to waive that in order to uh, be able to do it. So let's look at it this way for the Minnesota Wilds. To take on Patrick Kane this season really isn't a whole lot that they would need to do from a salary perspective to be able to get him on the books. You maybe have to move one guy in order to make that work from a money perspective. And let's think about this as well. If you're bringing somebody in to play on offense, you have a log jam already as it is with this team. So there would be either in return for Patrick Kane or in a separate deal, you would assume that there would be a player going off the NHL roster currently to help with some of that salary. Jordan Greenway, maybe. Matt Dumba, maybe. So I think the salary issue is the least difficult part of this equation. Kane does not have salary beyond this year. He's a free agent in the offseason. So you're acquiring him for this year, and that's it. So no need to really, like you would have to with, say, Brock Besser, no need to have to try to figure out how you fit a player on the books for the next two seasons while you're also 
trying to work your way through the final two years of Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter's contracts. So there's no additional math to try to make all that work. The biggest part would be what Chicago is asking for in return. Chicago this year, not great. They're in competition for Connor Bedard. They're in the uh, the Bedard Tank Bowl with San Jose, Anaheim, Arizona, Vancouver, Montreal, with all those teams. They are trying to come away with a top draft pick in a loaded draft. And so you would assume that what they want in return is draft picks. So does that mean a first-round pick? Does that mean a second-round pick? I've heard rumblings as to both, potentially, in this deal. And so if it is a first-round pick that is required, then I'm a no. I, I don't know if I am comfortable paying that price to bring in a guy like Patrick Kane. Now, if it's a second or a third-round pick, then I think we're a little more open to it. I just I, I don't like the idea of, in a loaded draft, I don't like the idea of not having a first-round pick for Judd Brackett to use. I don't like that idea at all. And I'm not super keen on the idea of a second-round pick. Even a third-round pick, I'm not super amenable to. And so, at this point, do you then move towards a prospect? Do you try to flip it to, well, we don't necessarily want to include one of our draft picks in this type of a deal, so how about a prospect from our number one rated prospect system, according to The Athletic. And I don't get the sense that Patrick Kane would cost anybody untouchable. Like, you're not going to have to part with Jesper Volstead to get uh, Patrick Kane for the rest of the season, who clearly is not the same player that he was earlier in his career. Still dangerous, but just not the same guy. It's not going to take that. And so if you go the prospect route, that's an alternative to having to um, having to include one of those top draft picks. And maybe Chicago doesn't bite on that, but it is one way to try to defer the cost of draft picks in a very loaded draft. So I would imagine it would be either one of a higher prospect or higher pick, or a prospect to get it done. Um, not the greatest in terms of of putting trades together myself. So y- you get the idea. I don't think it would take a top 10, top 15 guy to make it work. And I think that would be a way to make it so that you didn't have to give up a second round pick or whatever to get it done. The question is, though, will it get you to where you want to go? And so we'll finish today's episode by debating, worth it or not, with Patrick Kane as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. 
final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. And once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On NHL Prospects show to get the full lowdown on the biggest names that will be available in the 2023 NHL draft, as well as rankings of organizations' prospects throughout the NHL. Locked On NHL Prospects is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. Does Patrick Kane even, is he the difference maker that this team desperately needs on offense? Well, if there is any indication as to Patrick Kane having something left in the tank, we've seen it over these last five games. Seven goals in those last five games. And so I go back to the question of what Patrick Kane is right now, you don't need him to be a number one guy. The Wild already have one of those. You need him to be able to provide offense at a second-line level. And so if he can do that with Matt Boldy and Jewel Erickson Eck, I think it's worth looking into. The close proximity to where the top of the Central Division standings and the bottom of the Central Division standings are at right now is unbelievable. The Wild, as of right now, are equal distance to Dallas as they are to Calgary, who's currently on the outside looking in. And the number of teams that are potentially fighting for spots beyond that is like Calgary, and that's maybe Nashville, and that's about it. All the rest have already fallen out of contention. And so whether or not we would like to see this team drop out and not really try to give up prospects or assets to make a playoff run, they, I don't get the sense that the Wild are going to fall enough out of it to truly be out of it. And so at this point, with the amount of salary cap space you have on the books this year that you don't get going forward if you don't use it, if there was ever a time for Bill Guerin to make a move to buy the Wild have won four games in a row coming into today against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they've gotten back on track. And that statistic that we read off about players and their goal droughts, you add a guy into the mix who has playoff experience, who has shown you in the last handful of games that he still has something left he may be able to get a lot of those guys going by slotting people back into their natural spots in the lineup, taking pressure off of guys, and being able to give you somebody on the second line that can get two of your top six players going. It could be that that is the case. It also could be that you get 
Patrick Kane, who's kind of trying to play himself off of Chicago's roster. And then once he's dealt, he kind of loses that scoring touch again. Because, again, the the thing that concerns me the most, I think, is the nine goals in 49 games before these last five. And so did he – was he throughout the season so far just – so fed up with what was going on that he has not been playing up to the previous level? Or are we just, is this the guy that he is now? Those are some legitimate concerns. And that with the potential asking price, again, I don't think the salary is the biggest issue here. I think the biggest issue is, is he going to be enough of a fix for what ails this team? Or are you getting a guy who is just going to have the same sorts of issues that Marcus Foligno had, that any number of other guys throughout the lineup in that just not able to do what he did previous to this season? So having considered all of that, I think I still am... Depending on the price, I I think I still am probably in the no category for Patrick Kane because, again, overall peripheral numbers, not great. You're basically paying for a guy's reputation at this point, which is what the Wild did last year with Marc-Andre Fleury. And we're seeing now how that's going here this year. So I guess I'm not opposed to um, an addition at the deadline. I'm not opposed to that because I think we're seeing this team get back to winning games despite the offense not being where we had hoped it would be. But I think I'm going to defer to everybody who is on the the train of bring up some of your youngsters to let them fill that spot and get some juice into this lineup. I think that is the spot that I would tend to lean as opposed to paying for a guy based off of what he used to do in the NHL. And so I'll just kind of leave it at that in that I think I would rather see a team like the New York Rangers And if there's a bidding war, it sounds like there are a ton of teams that are going to be in on Patrick Kane. The New York Rangers obviously in the lead. And so there's probably going to be a bidding war, which means the price is going to be higher than Bill Guerin probably is willing to pay. And so if it ends up in that situation where it's a bidding war against a handful of other teams and he ends up going out east, to New York, and the Wild don't end up paying that price, I would call that a win. But we'll have to see because, again, the biggest thing to keep in mind as we move forward is that, yes, the Wild are only three spots or three points from being out of the playoffs completely, but they're also three points away from being in the top spot in the division. And so if they can just if they can get 
somebody in to help with this offense and get it rolling, they uh, they may be a little more into this than any of us had thought. So we'll see how things play out. It sounds like there's going to be some steam on Patrick Kane here within the next couple of days. Would imagine that likely gets done before the trade deadline. So wanted to get this in before he gets dealt. My luck, I'll check Twitter and it's already happened. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you check out the Locked On NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on up to the trade deadline, all available on your favorite podcast platforms, absolutely free of charge. You can find our show on YouTube and all all of your favorite podcast platforms. Again, absolutely free. So just search Lockdown Wild so you don't miss out on any content related to your favorite team here in the state of hockey. Follow us on social media as well. We've got you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.